Good morning. Uh, sorry we missed yesterday. Um, so today is day 93, seven days away from day 100. I don't know what we're going to do with day 100. Probably have to dance or something. But anyway, um, so I just wanted to share real briefly something I felt like the Lord was kind of speaking this morning to me about um, about kind of coming into a place of expansion for one. And for two, it's like um, a lot of us are being pulled out of some things and, and kind of pulled out of some things we've been involved with. Are there, there's a sense of being really shifted around. And, and when God's kind of doing any kind of movement in a place, you know, part of what it means to live an unscripted life and to be able to live in the moment with the Holy Spirit and just kind of be where he is, you know, as a prophetic intercessory body who's pulling down heaven, right? And um, accessing heaven and walking habitations of revival that we are, you know? So part of what that means is that there's always a lot going on and holy chaos, I've talked about before, is a lot different than worldly chaos. Holy chaos is, stepping into a life that's not scripted it's stepping into unfamiliar territory it's living without religion and just doing relationship with jesus and <clears throat> and basically being able to be led by the spirit and and literally just be getting a hold of the agenda of heaven in every moment of my day you know father what are you doing and and being led by the holy spirit and and not um not taking a lot of stock in everything that we know, knowing that this, this territory is very unfamiliar. And it's also can be terrifying. And I think at times the enemy comes in when there's a lot of change in the air and we feel the shifts, you know, it's easy for us to come into places of fear and sometimes feeling like that some things that feel familiar are like something we've experienced before where there was destruction. And I don't think that's this time. I was looking at Isaiah 54, it kind of brought me back to this one, where he says, this is the message version, sing barren woman <clears throat> who has never had a baby, fill the air with songs you've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. <clears throat> Clear lots of ground for tents, make your tents large, spread out, think big. This is an envisioning season where God is downloading vision for something that's beyond us. Because most of what he is doing and calling us to, and I think our experience with him is going to show, that if it's something that's in the realm of you being able to do it, and as far as what you believe God is up to, or the vision that you feel like, or a thing he's put in your heart, or the thing you were created for, is something you can accomplish is probably way too small. <clears throat> And so I think he's bringing us into places where we're, we don't have the credentials. We don't have anything that commends us to the job. We don't have, um, we just don't have anything. <laughs> I like that place. Because essentially what I'm saying in that is that most of what God is doing in this season era of the church is that he puts us in the place where if the God of the impossible doesn't show up, nothing is going to happen. So every living in the realm of impossibility and the kingdom in those places gets really large. 
and our tuned inness to heaven and to his voice becomes really large because we're having to hear and respond to what he's doing. And it's a place where we're, we're walking in ways like, yeah, we're dreaming wild, we're dreaming big. And it's like, um, and everything that's, it's kind of like it's a setup. Because what he's wanting to do and demonstrating his glory on the planet is he's wanting to demonstrate glory for people who don't, through the least of these, people who have zero credentials. And he's doing it through the vehicle of redeemed time and acceleration, and at the same time, favor on steroids. So that I, we end up in places before people and in positions and in opportunities that there's nothing we could open in it ourselves. And I think he's, there's, um, there's something in this where he's taking that simple childlike faith of ours, where we're willing to do anything, go anywhere, you can have it all. You know, I, I've heard, as I've talked to a lot of people, people that have just done a lot of things for many years and they've been in a certain groove and it's like, you know, they've done that, been there. I think I heard a lot of done that, been there stories. And the common denominator for all of them is, I want something, hey, Jimmy, I want something that is that God's actually on. So it's like we don't want what we're doing and what we're giving our life to in terms of the thing we were created to do to not have God on it. And so he's drawn us into this realm of the supernatural and this realm of experience and living life in a radically different way where we are in awe and wonder and our awe and wonder is something that is going to be our norm. We're going to be living in the days of awe and wonder continuously. If we're, if we're living in that place where we're going after everything that heaven has, all that Jesus has to offer, everything that he's doing, and we're willing to live unscripted, which means we're willing to press in and just do what he says, today is today, tomorrow is tomorrow, and do what he's put before me today. And to not have to have all the answers and how the plan's gonna fill out. I can either have my plan, which has great limitations, or I can have his plan, which is limitless, and has zero, good morning, Rebecca, that has zero limitations. And I think I want the kingdom plan. I want the one that I don't have to know everything, where I'm trusting in his goodness and that his goodness actually has more in the picture and plan for me than what I could ever think or imagine. So our plans are too small. And so we're not, we're not locking into an outcome, we're locking, in, locking into a person of Jesus who is good. And when we do unscripted life with Jesus, then everything we get is going to be exceedingly beyond whatever um, whatever we could think or imagine, it's going to be better. <laughs> get my light to get back on. Um, or not. It's going to be better. And so that's what we just have to remember is that it's going to be better. This is an era where we know that God is good. We've been trained in that one. Many of us through very long backstories of a lot of trial, a lot of tribulation, a lot of fire, a lot of the enemy trying to take us out, all of those things. But this is a different season from this respect too. Isaiah 54, we are no longer barren. We are going to be full and pregnant. We are pregnant with some things ministry-wise 
and things that God has for us that we don't even know yet. And that's why when we lock into a, a outcome, we cut ourselves off from the thing that he's birthing. I can't be locked into an outcome with God and then expect to see the miraculous because he's not moving in my outcome. He's moving in the Holy Spirit and he's moving as I follow him, living this unscripted, uncharted territory life. If you want the miraculous and you wanna see supernatural and you wanna see a big, big God, then we have to lay down every agenda we've ever had. But here's what he's saying, clear your lots Make your tent pegs large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive the tent pegs deep because you're going to need a lot of elbow room. In the preparation for expansion, there is so much that he's doing. And there's, I think there's also a place where the enemy comes in because in the preparation, as we've crossed over this threshold, we're into the new era, we're into the thing we were created for, we're not waiting on it anymore. There's nothing that we're waiting on in terms of stepping into the thing that God has. We're not, that's not our MO. But the enemy comes in, and I think a lot of times he, he uses scenarios that we're in and the pregnant pauses that we have in the waiting as we're waiting on things to manifest in terms of promise and prophetic promise as, good morning, Jimmy, you know, as we're waiting on those things, it becomes a place for him to try to insert doubt and to try to mess with our head or lead us back into familiar places of temptation and, you know, try to create this illusion the enemy does that God's not here. And so the hardest thing that I know that I ever have to do, we did this last night in our revival talk at Remnant, was we basically had a soaking time just waiting on the Holy Spirit for like over an hour. And those times can be painful for people. I mean, they can be painful when people like, I know for me, like it could be a place of anxiety because we don't know what to do when we're still. And I know that I don't always feel like I know what to do. I always feel that's because we've been so conditioned to doing instead of waiting and listening. And so it's a whole new thing to be able to access what God is doing when he's in the room and we're sitting before him in his presence, just waiting. It's, it's, there's something to be cultivated there. And I think in those places, he has a lot to say to us. And so we don't have to be anxious in the pause, okay? We don't have to be anxious about the, the plan isn't coming together. He is actually preparing us internally we're doing an internal map to match the map that we're going to be walking into. And he's working on internal landscape so that we could create the external landscape that he's doing and in. Does it in me first, and then we get to walk into it. So pauses aren't bad, and, and places where we get to be still are not bad. We just have to be diligent about not letting the enemy come and take territory in those places in our heart and mind. But he says, you're going to take over the whole nation. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to get embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. This is Isaiah 54 message. Um, you'll forget about the humiliation of your youth and the indignities of being a widow will fade from memory for your maker is your bridegroom. Your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. And his name, the God of the angel armies, your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, known as God of the whole earth. The mandate of heaven is heavy on us. 
and he, Jesus, is going to get his inheritance. And so the weight of the mandate correlates to the kind of responsibility that he's putting on us and the trust that he's entrusting us with. So when we have an extended, what feels like an extended time as we walk into what are not suddenlies for God, but suddenlies for us, we just have to know that he is, this is not a place that's leading us back into a place of bondage. We're not going to be put to shame. And this is an era where we're not going to visit some of the same kinds of devastations we have had in the past. I remember when my wife and I first moved to Brunswick and we'd had our life fall apart. I've talked about this before. You know, like the perfect storm of the enemy came through, took us out, you know, sidelined us in so many ways. My heart got offended and it was well defended and thought that God was doing all these things and I didn't understand why he would let all those things happen. And as I came out of that place and began to reconnect with God and realize, you know, and he really let me see that he's always been there, that I had not been abandoned, but I had set my hope and expectation on an outcome and the enemy used that to create disappointment and hope deferred in my heart for many years. But when I came out of that, he said just this, what's in here, um, Isaiah 54. He said, um, this exile is just like the days of Noah for me. I promised then that the waters of Noah would never again flood the earth. I am promising now no more anger, no more dressing you down. For even if the mountains walk away and the hills fall to pieces, my love won't walk away from you. And just prior to that, he had talked about you know, that season where I left you but for a moment, but now with compassion, I'm bringing you back. In an outburst of anger, I turn my back on you. Uh, all right, that's all I'm going to say about that. But my point with that part of the passage was, in the seasons that have been long and protracted for many of us, as we've kind of been waiting to come into the thing that we know that we're created for, where we've been looking at, you know, waiting to come into this place of convergence in our life where everything that's part of the backstory comes together and we see the purpose and the plan of God not wasting any of that and us being able to walk into something that he has prepared us for, that even the darkest times in our life were like to him and he was using everything, even the losses and, and those places to form something in us much like Joseph that would prepare us to come into places that are larger. This is an hour of the least of these being launched. And we are the least of these. Many of us have been last, will now be first. And many of us who have been the least of these are, are the ones that he's raising up. And what he's doing in this remnant, the least of these are characterized by the fact that we don't feel like we have credentials to do what we're gonna do, you're not going to feel prepared for it. You're not gonna feel like you have the credentials. There is nothing to commend you to the mandate that God has on your life. Nothing to commend us to this life in the realm of I've literally walking habitation, signs, wonders, miracles following us everywhere we go, and to the largeness of what God actually has. Part of the protracted weight has to do with the weight of the mandate and the largeness of the plan, which in the place of my desolation and my seasons of winter, my eyes got really narrow and I started to, I got myopic. I could only see what I could see. 
But when he brings us into this place, we, our eyes get opened and he's expanded our heart and he's created something in us that will actually be able to carry what he's doing. So the long season of preparation has not been happenstance. It has not been, um, it's not random for God. It's been very, very intentional. And it's part of the preparation for us to be able to carry the weightiness of the mandate of heaven and to be mantled for that. He, the mandate is heavy and he's doing it because he really is about reconciling all things. And Jesus is getting what he wants. And so he's being very intentional about our preparation in these places because of the heaviness and the responsibility. In other words, he wants to trust us with something. And we've been prepared to live in a place where we can be trusted. The irony is that being trusted by God means not having anything in me that can commend me to what he's doing. When we walk in as one who is unprepared, unqualified, doesn't feel like they have the ability to do, when he throws us into things, which is about to happen for many of us, into things that we could have never, because of extreme favor, gotten into ourselves. It's that very part of us that doesn't feel qualified that makes us one of the least of these. And it's the reason that God can actually use us because he can't use a people who have to have whatever he's going to bring in terms of leadership, mandate of heaven on them. If you have to have it for you to be okay, you're not a candidate because that's the person who can't handle it. But if you recognize your smallness and the largeness of what God has done and the fact that you are a least of these, then that's the ones he's raising up because he wants to display glory in the context of brokenness. He wants to um, display glory in the context of being a least of these, being a foolish one, someone who confounds the wise. I'm going to take the ones that nobody thinks are it, and those are the ones that I'm going after because I can trust them to carry the mantle and the mandate because they're not in it for them. They're in it just for me. And they're willing to say, I will do whatever you want. I will live an unscripted life. I will live in the moment. I will pull down heaven and access that agenda of heaven in a prophetic intercessory lifestyle that's not religious, but spirit oriented. That's who he's taking into this place. And I think we can have a great assurance that even in the pregnant pauses, even in the places where it feels like this weight has a little bit more whatever to it, God is not bringing us into a trap, okay? When, God, when my wife and I went through that protracted season of the perfect storm of the devil, one of the things that uh, Jesus said to me when I came, we came through that part was, he said to me, like in the days of Noah, that's why I wanted to read that Isaiah 54 passage too, where I discovered that it was in there. Like in the days of Noah, never again will the waters of destruction come this way again. This is not a season like any other season in this sense as well. Many of us got taken out on the journey, sidelined, etc. Like Joseph, we were in prison. Some of us have been in prison 
you know, metaphorically for many years. And, you know, and so when you look at what that looks like, he's done so much work in healing in us and preparing us to actually, where we can actually be in this place of not having to know everything, not having to feel like we're credentialed for anything, where we're just available. So what he said was, what he was essentially saying to me was, this is not a season of destruction for you. This, this thing of the enemy going to take you out, my mandate is bigger than that. And, he, I, and I'm being very intentional about pulling heaven and earth together for you and for the mandate that's on you. It's not about us, it's about him. And it's about him getting his inheritance. That's why the mantle and the mandate are huge. That's why the enemy had lots of opportunity and took many of us out with him in this storm that came against us. This will, that isn't happening again. This is a place of victory to victory, glory to glory, where the church is going to burn brighter and brighter as a continuous revival all the way to the end. This is not doom and gloom eschatology. This is a wild party where the spring of your life is greater than any other time. And he's the one that determines what the spring is. And he's saying, this is it. The long winter has way past us. And we are walking into this place of convergence, this place of doing the thing we were created to do and being mantled for the actual mandate. We're not going backwards. And the pause in the middle in any part of this preparation is okay. We just have to be diligent with our mouth and we have to be diligent with not giving the enemy room. He is not bringing us to the point in this great pregnancy and the many ministries and things that we're carrying to not deliver. He is going to deliver. So I just felt like that to say that to be encouraged. So Lord, we just tell you, we're here, here I am, here I am. We're yours. We say yes to unscripted. We say yes to holy chaos. We say yes to being the least of these. And we say yes to you bringing us into something that's larger than us, where we will see the wonders of the Lord. We will be in a place of perpetual awe and wonder as we walk as supernatural lifestyle with you. So thank you, Lord. Blessings, guys.